It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor and 50 pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Singh. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Whenever you're listening, be it the weekend or be it Monday morning or Tuesday morning, we're just happy to be in your queue here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So whenever you get to us, we're ecstatic. And hopefully you enjoy today's episode because I'm going to destroy Colin Cowherd. Or I'm at least going to disagree with him severely. You know, when I say I'm going to destroy him, That sounds so arrogant. I hate saying crap like that, and yet I just did. Because in order for me to really hit home, he's got to care about my opinion. And I don't know if Colin Cowherd cares about my opinion, but he should. Because I really like Russell Westbrook and Colin Kaepernick went after him again. However, I do unfortunately have to agree with something he said. So we'll get to all that in segment number one. Plus in segment number one, I realize there is a player on the Oklahoma City Thunder that I am losing faith in as the days go on. And this guy may in fact be starting because Andre Robertson may be out for a while. I will tell you what that player is, although I'm pretty sure you've got a good idea. In segment number two, because I did not want to end like we did yesterday on a down note, um, talking about the uh, whole situation with Jabari Bird. I did a little more research on what the NBA's policy is with domestic violence, and Adam Silver has but one choice to make if these charges are true. We'll tell you what that choice is, why he should do it, and why Jabari Bird may have just given up his right to play in the NBA. And then finally, we will close things out talking about some of the bigger stories in training camp. And of course, Rush changes that dynamic, but there's a few things we're not talking about or I haven't heard a whole lot of people talking about that uh, we'll just kind of touch on and get to before the end of the show. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 here in uh, Oklahoma City and part of iHeartMedia. You can get both of those fine stations on the iHeartRadio app. And uh, I would also like to tell you that I've covered the Thunder now for five years, working on year number six and very excited about this year because there are enough question marks about the Thunder that should pique everybody's interest. And even though it may not be the Kevin Durant year or the year before, uh, or the year that Kevin Durant got hurt is what I'm trying to say, and we were all excited about the Thunder playing for a championship, this is probably the most excited that I have been since that season about the Thunder to get underway. So speaking of all that, oh, real quick, want to promote the website, LockedOnThunder.com. We have all our podcasts archived and archived video and audio from players and coaches and front office types. Okay, so here we go. Yes, I'm very excited to get this Thunder season underway, but it's going to happen with Russell Westbrook. It doesn't dampen my excitement at all. 
And we said yesterday on the podcast, we need to be worried about Russell Westbrook. We need to be concerned about all these surgeries that he's having on his knee. And this is knee number four. And even though this happens to be a common procedure around the NBA, especially for guys who are as explosive and athletic as Russell Westbrook, you're still getting cut on. And every athlete will tell you that it's never good when you kick cut on because there's something wrong. And reading Eric Horn's article today, which was an exclusive on News OK, and gives some major props there to, to Eric Horn for writing this, he interviewed a surgeon and said that every time you even go in for these, you know, these orthoscopic surgeries and you fix things, you're still taking cartilage out. And you're not replacing that. And that's eventually going to take his toll on Russell Westbrook. And what I'm sort of envisioning, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it either today or last night, but David Wright for the New York Mets announced his retirement. Granted, the guy's 35 years old, and he suffered a lot of injuries. But I can remember very clearly when he came up to the Mets, this was the guy that was supposed to replace Derek Jeter as the baseball guy in New York, he was supposed to win over everybody's hearts and help make the Mets bigger than the Yankees for a time period, for at least a time, and it never panned out that way. David Wright was on trajectory to have a Hall of Fame career. His numbers were comparable to that of George Brett, and it just didn't happen. Now, Russ is going to have a Hall of Fame career. Absolutely no doubt. The numbers are there. Russ could retire today and have a Hall of Fame career, but I'm starting to envision Russell Westbrook retiring early than what we're ready for. And it's going to be one of those cases where we look up and go, man, has he really played 15 years? And he's done. When maybe Russ could have extended his career a little bit longer had he not been the type of player that he is. Of course, that wouldn't make him him. And Russ just has that mentality where you ask him to get out of being him and then he's not going to be as effective. I say all that to play this for you. It's Colin Cowherd talking about Russell Westbrook. So I've kind of given you the part on where I agree, Colin Cowherd, and you're going to hear that. But there's some stuff I vehemently disagree on, and we'll get to that after you hear what Colin Cowherd had to say about Russell Westbrook and his injury. Let me start by saying this. I have never been a huge proponent of athletically dynamic score-first point guards. They don't really win titles. Iverson, Marbury, John Wall, Derrick Rose, Westbrook, Stevie Francis. They don't win titles. But in the doldrums of January, hella fun on the highlights. Talked about merchandise popular. They become very popular with the board NBA media trying to make up stories December, January, February, and early March. Iverson, Marbury, John Wall, Westbrook. Can't turn the TV off. If you don't want to watch the game, the great highlights. And you can say... Colin, Steph Curry won titles. He's not athletically dynamic. He's a great shooter. Jason Kidd won titles. He wasn't a score first point guard. Yeah, I guess Kyrie, Kyrie Irving would classify as a guy that won, but you do realize what he did before LeBron. <laughs> Nothing. Sub 500. Way under 500. I was hurt. What happens to all dynamic Point guard, score first, guys. Two things happen. After about eight, nine years, you start noticing something. A, they don't get very far in the playoffs. And then about year eight, nine, ten, oh, 
they're having surgeries on their knees and stuff. The superstar, athletically dynamic, score-first point guards become the mobile quarterback in the NFL. The media falls in love. They're great for highlights. Can't turn them off. Can't turn them off television. They're so different, so unique, so fun. They win awards. They sell merchandise. And then after about eight, nine, ten years with a running quarterback, two things happen. And they're the same two things that happen. They don't get very far in the playoffs. And they start having surgeries on their knees. I am not here to bash Westbrook. I have decided to be more Westbrook friendly this year. It sounds like you're saying that he is an all-time great player. What I'm saying is mobile quarterbacks and athletically dynamic score-first point guards often feel the same to me. They wow us. They blow us away. And in long, regular seasons, they are absolutely captivating. You can't turn Westbrook off. When he's having one of those 40-point nights, you can't turn the TV off. You just can't turn the TV off. When Steve Young broke into the NFL, first couple of years, when he wasn't a passer, he was more of a runner, you couldn't turn. Steve Young was running all over the field. Joe Montana back in the pocket. Steve Young's he had a run against the Minnesota Vikings down the sideline, 45 yards, breaking tackles. You're like, oh, my God. But what happens unless you become a pocket quarterback or you become more of a, I'm going to stop here, not drive, pull up, hit a three. It always happens about eight, nine years, eight and nine with both the mobile quarterback and the athletic dynamic point guard. Who's a score first guy is that you start adding up all the titles and they don't have any. And about years nine, they get a little less athletic because they're having surgeries. And so that's not to say Westbrook's not going to be amazing and average 30 points. And he is going to be, but it's a cautionary tale. I saw that story. Steph Curry can shoot forever. Kobe could have shot forever. Dirk Nowitzki's still playing. He can shoot forever. Dynamic guys, they fall off cliffs. They fall off cliffs physically. Was that negative? I don't feel that was a negative Westbrook rant. I, th- I, would, class- I would classify that under as a data-driven, research-induced Westbrook opinion. With, uh, with just a sprinkle of... Your your normal Westbrook. I don't. I th- I found that to critique. be almost bordering on optimistic. <laughs> that was for you for Westbrook. That was yes. bordering on positive for Westbrook. I, I just these dynamic score first point guards. It's the same thing. You look up nine years in. You're like, where are the titles? Oh, they're having knee surgery. John Wallace had a couple knee surgeries. You look up and you're like, where are the titles? Okay, now he's had a couple knee surgeries. I'm just saying. I don't count Curry in that. Because he's not athletically dynamic. He pulls up and shoots from 34 feet. And Jason Kidd was a path to the end. Jason Kidd was a distributor more than a score. He was athletically amazing. About the fastest guy maybe I've ever seen play basketball was, was uh, John Wall and Jason Kidd. They, got, they go from court end to end faster than anybody I've ever seen play. First of all, I want to give Colin Cowherd a lot of credit uh, for using the dramatic pause much better than I do. Like He does it for effect. I do it because I'm either trying to think of what I'm going to say next or I'm just out of breath. Sort of happens that way. So I'll give him credit for that. Uh, other than that, he's pretty smarmy. But of course, if I criticize him for that, I'm kind of smarmy too, especially when it comes to Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. So let's get to what Colin Cowherd said about Russell Westbrook not being able to win championships and not going far in playoffs. 
Russell Westbrook should have at least one ring or had the opportunity to have a couple of rings or should have gone to the finals more, but did you forget that the Thunder have suffered a rash of injuries since they went to the finals the first time or actually the only time in their history and they lost to Miami Heat? How could you forget that? The other thing that I really just, oh, just irritated the crap out of me when I listened to that is when you talk about Russell Westbrook or a guy like Jason Kidd or or any dynamic player, and you make that statement that we as the media or we as fans watch these guys because we're bored with the action on the quarter, we're trying to make up stories, that is the perspective of somebody who does not watch the NBA 82 games a year. And Thunder fans will watch 82 games a year. I will get close, very close to watching 82 games a year. I think there's a couple of Fridays I'm going to miss this season because of Friday night finals and covering high school football. But for the most part, I'm watching every game. I'm there day in, day out, going to practice, and there's never a lack of things to talk about with the Thunder especially during the season. There's never a lack of things to talk about inside the NBA during the season if you follow the sport. He's not one that follows the sport. The other thing with Colin Cowherd is he just doesn't, he flat out just doesn't like Russell Westbrook, and I can get that, but I think it has less to do with style of play and more to do with Russ' attitude. Fine, I I will give you that. But to to paint him in this picture like he's not a guy that's ever going to win a championship... Bro, give him some time because his career is not over yet. And we don't know how this thing is going to play out with Paul George. I do think the Thunder are lacking at least one more guy in the starting lineup who is deadly from three and can give defenses something to worry about. I think that's keeping them from winning a championship. But I give these guys another year together and a chance for Sam Presti to build around And they're going to have their opportunities. Will they win it? Maybe not. But if so, I just can't believe that you're going to have a talent like Russell Westbrook and a talent like Paul George on a team and not get past the first round of the playoffs every single year. And last year, last year was last year. And you can go back on last year and say, well, look what happened last year. But let's give them this year, another year together, because Paul George did say this is the first year. But, um, yeah, look, I agree. Russ, surgeries, dynamic, body wearing down, all that's true. Everything else was just absolute garbage. Uh, But give the guy credit because he stole enough time for my podcast, and we're talking about it now. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Why David Stern? I can't believe I said that. (laughs) Why Adam Silver? I'm so used to David Stern. Why Adam Silver has but one decision to make when it comes to Jabari Bird, and we'll tell you what that decision is next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed.
This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today and uh, this weekend. And uh, you can also listen to Locked on Sooners. It is out now. I've published them both at the same time because I'd always wanted to be like Guns N' Roses and put two albums out of one. Uh, one yellow and red, and then one blue. It's kind of how it worked out. So the good thing is, though, if you go back and remember the Use Your Illusion days, you don't have to pay for the podcast. They're all free. You don't have to pay for two albums for them. Can't say that either one of these podcasts are as good as either one of those albums, but I will put them up against it. I will go head-to-head with Guns N' Roses if I need to to get your attention. Um, and you can listen to mine on, on many platforms, Spotify, Alexa, Google, um, and, of course, Apple iTunes. You can probably listen to theirs as well, but that's where you can get the Locked on Thunder and Locked on Sooners podcast. And please come. Please become a subscriber. Okay, so uh, this Jabari Bird thing we found out yesterday. And really, remember, it's all accusation at this point. It's all allegedly. He has not been, while he's been arrested, he's been charged, he's not been found guilty. He's also not been suspended for the NBA and doing some research. I think it's like minimum 14 games for domestic violence. Reading more of the details that he is accused of, not only did the not only is the accusation that this lasted four hours and that he choked this woman, his girlfriend, until she passed out and kicked her in the stomach, but there's also the accusation that he dragged her from room to room, and would not allow her to leave. I mean, it is horrific. It, it, it's one of these things that you only see in horror movies. You don't see that. I mean, this is just, I, I'm, I know domestic violence happens more than I would like to think, but I cannot imagine just an average, everyday, normal person doing what Jabari Bird is being accused of. And if this is true, if all of this is true and he is found guilty, one, he's going to do time. So you don't necessarily really have to worry about suspending him. But but you have to remember, you don't have to be found guilty in a court of law in order for you to be suspended from the NBA or the NFL or any of these other leagues. If a league does its due diligence and they find probable cause, they can suspend you. And if that's the case with Jabari Bird, he must be done. There is no other choice that David Stern can make. Jabari Bird must be out of the NBA if any of this is true. And a strong message needs to be sent to everybody that the NBA is not going to... NBA is, one, not going to stand for violence against women, but two, they are not going to allow this to become a problem where they didn't act strongly enough. It's a privilege to play in the NBA. It's a privilege to play in the NFL. It's just a shame that not everyone that plays in both of those leagues understand that. But in the NBA, they've done such a great job of catering to the fans and the players and everyone and making sure that you've got a great experience. We're normally not having these problems. And I have just, I've bragged on the NBA so much, I want to see David Stern take action. I was thinking today I was going to get to have this whole great spiel about how all the leagues could unite and give one formula for a, you know against violence towards women or against domestic violence, but unfortunately, you really can't do that. And, and I started thinking, you know what? They shouldn't. One seasons are different length, and every, I mean, is everybody going to say you're out seventy five percent of the season or fifty percent of the season? And what if a guy's accused, but he's not guilty, and you throw him out? How are you going to get the money back? I mean, just there was there were so many 
issues that I was going through that I thought, nah, no united front, but each league definitely needs to be strong on domestic violence. And we as a society need to be strong, stronger on domestic violence and just not only not approve of it, but anytime you know something's happened, obviously go out and report it. But I was completely mortified yesterday reading these charges against Jabari Bird. And as a result, Jabari, you've given up your right to play in the NBA if any of this is true. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. And coming up next, we'll talk about some of, we'll end on a happy note. It's the weekend weekend episode where we end on a happy note and talk about some of the bigger storylines Coming up this year for the Oklahoma City Thunders, we head into training camp. It's all right here on LOT. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for listening to Locked On Thunder. Locked On Sooners is out now as well. And hey, let's pimp all the other great podcasts who are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're in the NBA, the guys at Locked On Clippers do a killer job. Locked On Lakers is burning it up. David Locke, Locked On Jazz, which I would listen to that podcast a lot throughout the season. The Jazz are so I can't believe the Jazz are going to fly under the radar this year. I don't know how that team flies under the radar with as good as they are. I also think the Spurs will fly under the radar, and those are two really good podcasts. So listen to those, and I thank you for listening to this one. Again, everything is available at Alexa, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and, of course, LockedOnSports.com. Wrapping up today's podcast, we're talking about some of the bigger stories in in the camp. And, of course, uh, Russ being out, that dynamic changes. And I meant to mention this in segment number one, but I will talk about it now. Because because of Russ's being out, we have to talk about what the starting five is going to be. And everybody just assumes, one, that Dennis Schroeder goes in at point guard, which I count me in with everybody. But Alex Urbrinus or maybe Terrence Ferguson plays the two. And I would give Terrence Ferguson that shot. I wouldn't give it to Alex Urbrinus. And I started realizing I'm losing faith in Alex Sabrinas. And that is one of the key storylines going into camp 
is not who necessarily starts at the two, but what is Alex Sabrinas going to be? Is he finally going to make that jump from a guy that comes off the bench and plays well sometimes, but not others? Or is he going to turn into that player that you can rely on night in, night out? What did he do over the summer to get better? And I have no doubt that he's working, but sometimes no matter how hard you work, it just doesn't work out. And right now, I don't have faith in Alex Sabrinas being able to bring it every single night of the week. And that's not just being prejudiced because of things that Billy Donovan says. It's just watching the guy over and over again. So I don't have faith in him. I think Alex Sabrinas is a big storyline coming into this camp. And then you've got these younger guys. Uh, Hamadou Diallo, what is he going to do coming into camp? You've got all the guys that played in summer league. How many of them have a real opportunity to make the roster? What about the guys that are on two-way contracts and going to bounce back and forth? And how much playing time are they getting? And what does Billy Donovan think of them? I look at that. And then has Steven Adams added anything to his game? above what we've seen right now. We joked about it and talked about him going out beyond the arc. I don't see that really in the arsenal this year, or at least at the beginning of the season. That progresses, although because you've got a lack of three-point shooting in the starting lineup, or what we think is going to be the starting lineup, Adams may be forced to add that to his repertoire much sooner than what he thinks. And then you've got the four that we're all going to worry about. So just because Russ is out, and just because this may not be a championship year, it is an extremely intriguing season. That's why I go back to what I said at the beginning. The most excited I've ever been for a Thunder season was unfortunately the year that Kevin Durant ended up having the Jones fracture and got hurt after that preseason game in Dallas. I was very excited about that year because I honestly thought the Thunder were going to win a championship or at worst give Miami one hell of a run in the NBA Finals. This year, I'm very excited because I just don't know what's going to happen. And for as good as I think this team is going to be, which is going to be third or fourth in the West at worst, I I can't 100% certain say that just because I don't know how everybody's going to meld together. And without Russ in those first few games, I want to know how these guys are going to function against him. It is an insane... Extremely intriguing, exciting year here in Oklahoma City. And if it's the first time you're listening to this podcast, you're not necessarily a Thunder fan. The Thunder are the most interesting team to watch in the NBA this year. And right behind them, I got the Milwaukee Bucks. And then, of course, you got the 76ers and and everyone else. But Thunder number one, Bucks two, and I'd say Jazz three as far as your most interesting team to watch. And with Houston bringing it up at four just with the addition of Carmelo Anthony. So that puts a wrap on today's episode of Locked on Thunder. Thank you for joining us. We will be back on Monday, and then we'll take Tuesday off and then do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday again. But thank you very much for listening. And as always, everybody love everybody, and then peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.